The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. Welcome to Catholic Spirituality on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Father Herman Fliss, and in this episode I'm joined by our guest, Father Nicolas Desposito, professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary. Thank you, Father, for joining us. Hello, glad to be back. Today we're going to continue our study of the book The Theology of Christian Perfection by Antonio Rosso Marin, the Dominican theologian. We are going to see today chapter 3, which is concerned with the indwelling of the Most Holy Trinity in the uh, soul. Father, there are many testimonies in Holy Scripture concerning this uh, mystery of the indwelling. Could you give us some of them? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, today we are going to follow both um, our author, Father um, Antonio Rosso Marin, but also Father Gary Lagrange, because he, he has good insights on this uh, mystery, and he himself, when uh, given the testimony of Holy Scripture, he, he even gives some uh, gifts, some um, quotes of the Old Testament that Father um, Rosso Marin doesn't, doesn't give. And, and first, uh, let's... Uh, make sure to know we are speaking about the special presence of God in the in the soul of the of the just so this is not the general presence of immensity which is called and father Gary Gui even gave some of the quotations regarding this uh, presence the presence of immensity but now we are talking about the, the presence of the of the trinity in a special manner in the soul of the just and in the, even in the Old Testament, it says, Wisdom will not enter into a malicious soul, nor dwell in a body subject to sins. So, uh, someone who is in the state of mortal sin doesn't have the Trinity uh, dwelling in his soul. And um, when we speak about the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity in the soul, we must uh, keep in mind what we said uh, before about sanctifying grace. It is possible for us to receive the three persons because God has elevated our soul uh, to the supernatural order through sanctifying grace. So, uh, if anyone loves me, our Lord says, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and will make our abode with him so and uh, 
So this is the first quotation given by Father Garigou Lagrange, and he explains that the, or he asks himself that the who will come, and the answer is not only the created effects, sanctifying grace, as we saw before, the infused virtues, the gifts, but the who is coming to the soul is the uh, the Holy Ghost, the three persons of the Blessed Trinity, um, and this presence, special presence of the Blessed Trinity, is attributed to the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is substantial, essential love in the Trinity, and um, it is appropriated, as the word used by theologians, uh, to to the Holy Ghost, even though all of the works of the Trinity, when it is the, those works are done outside the Trinity, are the work of the three persons. Uh, those are called the works ad extra. Uh, nevertheless, the presence of the Blessed Trinity in the soul is appropriated to the Holy Ghost because it, it, it is a union of, of love. We will come to Him... Uh, that is, to the just soul, the soul who loves God. We will come, uh, that is, uh, Father Garrigou says, not only in a transitory, passing manner, but we will make our abode with Him. We will dwell in Him as long as He remains just, in the state of grace, as long as He preserves charity. There is another... Yes. Yes, um... That was a very interesting uh, quotation for, I think, something that um, we should be familiar with. Um, that is found in... Uh, where is that found, uh, Father? In the Gospels? Well, the, that quotation, yes, is in the Gospel and uh, in the St. John, chapter 14. Um, but there are more quotations. For example, the first epistle of St. John, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And we have very important quotations from St. Paul um, when he speaks about the, the, the just of the soul as a temple, a temple of God, um, where the, the Spirit of God dwells in the soul. And do you not know that your members are the temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. That's St. Paul to the, in the first epistle to the Corinthians. So uh, this is also important. The, the fact that the soul becomes, as it were, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Why, why is it important? Because the, there, are, there is a consequence here that both authors speak uh, about. And is that um, the, uh, the presence of the Trinity in the just soul is, in a way, greater and more perfect than the presence of, the, uh, of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. This seems like shocking to us, but the reason is be because we are the living temples of the Holy Ghost. Uh, while, um, um, while in the Holy Eucharist, uh, the species of bread and wine cannot love cannot know and cannot love God, but we can do that. So it is a, a more dynamic, that's the word used by Father Roger Marin, more active um, presence, you might say, in the, uh, with regard to the just soul than in the Holy Eucharist. And Father Garrigou adds that doesn't mean that because of this we shouldn't approach the Holy Eucharist. No, 
<clears throat> on the contrary, we should approach it more and more to increase our love for the, uh, the three persons who dwell in the soul. Uh, again, the, the quotation of St. Paul, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Or know you not that your members are the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a great price. Glorify and bear God in your body. So the uh, this is interesting and, and, and it's uh, important for us to, un to understand that the presence of the very special presence of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity in the soul is something living, is something active, is something that operates uh, and works in our souls. Uh, again, in the Holy Eucharist, yes, there is a real presence, very important, and the, the mysterious presence of, of, of Christ in those species, but there it is more like in a passive manner. In, in us, it is in a very active manner in which God is supposed to work in our souls and sanctify us by his presence. And also, uh, another just uh, consequence is that what, how we should behave, let's say, how we should act, uh, if we know that the, the whole Blessed Trinity, the three persons of the Blessed Trinity are all the time presence in our souls if we are in the state of uh, grace. And so that, that's uh, the... I mean, the, basically, the uh, the most important quotations from, from St. Paul is from St. John, the Gospel and the first epistle of St. John, um, stating basically that this union is through love and that we become a living temple of the, of the Holy Ghost, of the, the Blessed Trinity. Thank you, Father. Now, moving forward to the nature of the indwelling um, I am here reading the book and it says that theologians have written much and disputed much concerning the nature of the indwelling. And uh, I think the author gives uh, uh, four different explanations, theological explanations of the, the nature of this indwelling. Father, could you speak a little about that? Uh, yes, first of all, we are going to skip the, all the explanations for one simple reason, and, and that is that even the author himself at the end says, perhaps none of the theories offers an adequate explanation of the divine indwelling. So, um, it is a mystery and it is very, you may say, difficult to explain, especially how this indwelling happens. And that's actually not the most important thing. Um, as the author will go to the next point, uh, to the purpose or the goal, in other words, why uh, the Trinity dwells in the soul. So the, the, the very nature and the different uh, of the indwelling and the different opinions uh, we're going to skip. But um, uh, at the same time, I would like to say a couple of uh, things um, that are found in the encyclical of Pope Leo XIII, Dividum Illut Munus. This is quoted by Father Gary Lagrange. Um, and by the way, Pope Leo XIII follows St. Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas, in the, um, in the idea of uh, sanctifying grace being the reason and the, you might say, the cause of the indwelling. 
That is, we need sanctifying grace, as we saw in the last uh, conference or in the last uh, show. Um, we need sanctifying grace in order that our soul be elevated to the supernatural order and be able to receive um, the gifts, the virtues, etc. But also in order to receive the divine guest, the Holy Ghost. And um, Pope Leo XIII in his encyclical says, Moreover, God by grace resides in the just soul as in a temple in a most intimate and peculiar manner. From this proceeds that, that union of affection by which the soul adheres most closely to God, more so than the friend is united to his most loving and beloved friend, and enjoys God in all fullness and sweetness. Now this wonderful union, which is properly called indwelling, differing only in degree or state from that with which God beatifies the saints in heaven, although it is most certainly produced by the presence of the whole Blessed Trinity, we will come to him and make our abode with him, nevertheless is attributed in a peculiar manner to the Holy Ghost. For while traces of divine power and wisdom appear even in the wicked man, Charity, which, as it were, is the special mark of the Holy Ghost, is shared in only, sorry, is shared in only by the just. Wherefore the apostle, when calling us the temple of God, does not expressly mention the Father or the Son, but the Holy Ghost. Know you not that your members are the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you, whom you have from God. The fullness of divine gifts is, in many ways, a consequence of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost in the souls of the just. Among these gifts are those secret warnings and invitations which from time to time are excited in our minds and hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Without these, there is no beginning of a good life, no progress, no arriving at eternal salvation. So, uh, that's uh, the end of the quotation from Pope Leo XIII. You, 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 can, say, you can see sorry, uh, how important it is uh, to, to know, to understand the, um, this, um, this sublimity of the, um, of the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity. Because, again, there is no supernatural or there's no spiritual life without the sanctifying grace and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost in the soul. There are many uh, ways in which God can be known. known. Uh, for example, uh, we can know God uh, just through uh, natural philosophy. We can prove his existence and have certain knowledge of his nature. Uh, but that's, that kind of knowledge is not sufficient for us to receive the indwelling of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Also, if, even if we have the supernatural theological uh, virtue of faith, that's not sufficient in order to receive 
the three persons. We need charity. So faith has to be informed by uh, charity. So the um, uh, and that's the only way. Again, the only way to have the three persons uh, in us. That's the, what Saint Thomas says. So again, the nature of the indwelling and all the the different explanations and how that actually happens uh, is not important. The only thing that we have to keep in mind is that the 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 three persons are going to come to our souls only if we have charity. That is, if we are in the state of sanctifying grace. So not only faith, not just believing is not enough. We need uh, love. We need charity, and uh, that. So that that's the the key to understand this indwelling according according to Saint Thomas. That's the only thing we need to know. Um, that this is a presence that happens through love, and even though we can know God in many ways, even through faith, that doesn't mean that God will come to our souls except uh, if we. Um, if we are in the state of grace. Yeah, that's the only condition. If we are in the state of grace, if we have supernatural love or charity. According to uh, this teaching, Father Garrigou says, the Blessed Trinity dwells, in a sense, more perfectly in the just soul than the body of the Savior, thus in a consecrated host. Christ is indeed really and substantially present under the Eucharistic species, but these species of bread do not know and do not love. Interesting, Father. Uh, and actually, I'm reading here the other author, Rosso Marin, and, uh, who agrees with this. Um, he says, uh, The presence of God in the just soul is infinitely superior to this, meaning the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Eucharist. We are the living temples of God, he says, and we possess the three persons in a vital manner. Father, could you explain a little what what is this uh, being in a vital manner? Well, the, in the Holy Eucharist, as Father Garrigou says, the, the, there is no the species of bread and wine do not know, do not love God. You have a presence, yes, but and it's a real presence is very important because again, it's the Holy Eucharist, uh, the, the most wonderful mystery of our religion, uh, but you have this presence almost, you, you may say, as a, in a passive manner. Um, and we are supposed to uh, be fed spiritually by, by the Holy Eucharist in order to grow in the spiritual life. But the presence of the three persons uh, of the Blessed Trinity in the soul is something active, something vital, and uh, according to Roger Marin, something dynamic, which means basically the same thing, that the, the, the God operates, moves the soul to do supernatural things, moves the soul to be more and more uh, perfect, holier. Uh, and uh, so this is, um, is something that is life itself. It's a living organism, which is um, and the source of this life, is the very uh, presence of these three persons. The author uh, that we follow here, Roger Marin, he says to, act, to um, 
acclimate ourselves to this mystery, it is well to recall that sanctifying grace is the seed of God, which engenders us and makes us live a new life, the participated divine life by which we are called and are sons of God. Remember what we said before, the first effect of sanctifying grace is to make us the children or the sons of God. And, and here again, we are being born into the supernatural order by grace and um, the, the, the three uh, divine persons come to our souls in order to be with us. So it's like um, the uh, God himself wants to be in our souls. That's the, the indwelling, this special presence. So when we think about the... This is why it's so mysterious that God will come to the soul and stay there, stay um, forever if the soul, again, keeps, the, keeps itself in the state of grace and make the soul more and more perfect and pleasing to God. Um, what does God do when he dwells in a soul? Uh, and Father um, Rojobarin says, nothing other than to communicate himself to that soul, to engender it as his son, which is to give it a participation in his nature and his life. So, again, very important that the whole... Um, uh, spiritual life is to become like God, to become another Christ, to be transformed completely in uh, into God himself. And God has to operate that. We cannot do that with our own uh, strength. So God comes, uh, you, you may say, the three persons come to, to the soul to make this happen. And uh, uh, again, this is the first uh, of the three purposes of the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity. But we have um, other purposes too. The, the Holy Ghost becomes the mover and the ruler of the, of, of the soul. So again, this is related to the first of the purposes. Our activity is going to proceed not from our natural uh, faculties, but uh, it will proceed from this movement of God. So God takes over and, and the, the Holy Ghost uh, is active and acts in our souls. And this is important because even if we have um, faith, hope and charity, and those are the theological virtues which are superior to all of the, uh, all, all of the virtues, uh, and even to the gifts of the Holy Ghost, nevertheless, the actions of the Holy Ghost through the gifts uh, is going to perfect man in a manner that not even the theological virtues can do. Why? Because the virtues are still, uh, or still exist in a human manner. So, um, I will probably, very, if I read, I, I quote Father uh, Rosomarin here, he says, This is precisely the function and finality of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Human reason, illumined by faith, which is the rule of the infused virtues, is a mover of rel relatively little power, a rule too lowly for the lofty operations which attain God as he is in himself. 
It is true that the theological virtues have God as their immediate object, and God precisely as he is in himself, but as long as they are subject to the rule of reason, even reason enlightened by faith, they must be accommodated to the human mode which is necessarily impressed upon them, and hence they cannot develop fully uh, the immense virtuality which is theirs. This basically means that at the, everything that we receive from God, the virtues, um, uh, faith, hope, charity, and the, and the moral virtues, all of those things still exist in a human manner. So because we are the, the recipient of those things, even though in themselves they are so great, um, we made them, or, or they, they have to become uh, imperfect and finite and accommodate to our human mode. So that's why we receive something else, which are the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And this is related to the divine indwelling, because those gifts are going to make um, all of our actions 100%, you may say, 100% divine, supernatural. So that our actions will become completely divine. And that's basically the mystical life. So the second purpose of the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity is the action of the Holy Ghost making all of our virtues, and especially perfecting charity, um, to act in a 100%, let's say, divine manner, not in a human manner, uh, reason, enlightened by faith, uh, or our, our love, which is still subject to, uh, to imperfection, but divine love, divine love and divine action. Those are the, the gifts. When the gifts of the Holy Ghost that we all have are actuated, our actions become um, divine, and there is nothing human in them. That's why we are going to see in the future of this, uh, in this work, um, we cannot actually put those gifts into action. Only God can actuate them. The only thing we can do is to dispose ourselves through prayer and mortification so that God act actuates those gifts. But the indwelling, again, is very, very important because God himself, the three persons, are in the soul in order to make this possible, in, make, in order to make uh, the Holy Ghost move us um, the right way to the, I'm going to see later, into the mystical, the mystical state. Um, and there is one more, one more purpose for the indwelling, and is... Um, to make God the object of fruition by an ineffable experience. Here we have a, a, an experience of God in the orthodox sense. For the modernists, for, the, for those who uh, have lost uh, their sense of the faith, this experience comes before even the, the Catholic faith. You can have an experience of God without even believing in, in the true God. This is not true. This is a heresy. But which is true, is that one of the purposes of the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity is to have this experience of God. Again, we need faith, we need charity, we need grace. Uh, once we have all of those things, uh, we are able to have an experience of God. And that's what was uh, 
actually happened with all the saints, this uh, mystical experience of God. Again, this is possible because of the divine indwelling. I will quote St. John of the Cross. He says, Wherefore the delicacy of the delight which is felt in this touch is impossible of true description. Nor would I willingly speak of it, lest it should be supposed that it is no more than that which I say. There are no words to expound such sublime things of God as come to pass in these souls. The proper way to speak is for one that knows them, to understand them inwardly and to feel them inwardly and enjoy them and be silent concerning them. This alone can be said of it with truth, that it savors of eternal life. For although in this life we may not have perfect fruition of it, as in glory, nevertheless this touch, being of God, savors of eternal life. And uh, um, so you can say by this quotation of St. John of the Cross, speaking about really sublime, mystical um, mystical experience, that this is uh, one of the purposes of the divine indwelling. In other words, if we are in the state of grace, if we are uh, just, we have charity, um, uh, we also have this, the possibility of uh, becoming uh, mystic. And uh, that that's the the probably the most important thing the uh, of, of of all of this doctrine that we are called to this sublime um, mystical state and that's that this belongs to the to the ordinary uh, development of the spiritual life uh, yes father and i think from what we saw today it should be clear enough that uh, the um, mystical life or the mystical experience um, is indeed the normal end or, or the terminus of the, of the divine indwelling and um, of sanctifying grace. Um, the author here, Rosemarine, says that uh, every soul in the state of grace is a mystic in potency, and every potency begs to be reduced to act. If one does not yet experience the presence of God within his soul, and this is what constitutes the most uh, characteristic phenomenon of the mystical state, from a psychological point of view, it is not because he does not yet possess all the infused elements which are indispensable for this experience. So, for what would then be uh, the reason why um, many um, Catholics, even those who are in the state of grace, are not, uh, they do not uh, share in this mystical experience? Well, failure can only be attributed to us. Uh, God has a plan. God has an idea for all of us. He has created us in order that we arrive at perfection. Uh, it is called relative perfection because um, the, the perfection of the saints in heaven can only be had with the beatific uh, vision. And that's the consummated perfection. But here on earth, we are supposed to arrive uh, at uh, relative perfection, the perfection of charity, the love of God above all things, and which is the same thing as the mystical union, the perfect union with, 
with uh, God as possible on this earth. And again, failure to do this is all our fault. It's all our lack of uh, fidelity to grace, our lack of generosity, that we do not take the necessary means in order to dispose ourselves for the actuation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But again, God um, is giving us the, the possibility and, and inviting us, and not only inviting us, but commanding us to be perfect. Um, religious life, for example, is not for everyone. Everyone is invited, yes, but not everyone can become a religious. It's not the same thing with perfection. In whatever state of life uh, you are, you are supposed to arrive at the perfection of love, at the perfection of charity in union, the perfect union with God. Uh, so again, um, uh, time to, to make practical, practical resolutions. We have a divine guest. We have to treat this divine guest the right manner. We have to uh, make sure that we grow in charity every single day. It's very important. Uh, there is no um, place here for mediocrity or for lukewarmness. We, if we have the seed of glory, which is sanctifying grace, if we are in the state of grace, we have this um, divine um, guest in our souls. And we have work to do. So far we have seen today that we have indeed a divine guest. Father, what are our duties towards this divine guest? Well, the yes, we have certain duties. Um, uh, because, of course, God himself is coming to our souls. Father Garrigou Lagrange says in Proverbs we read, My son, give me thy heart. Also in the book of the Apocalypse, we are told, Behold, I stand at the gate and knock. If any man shall hear my voice and open to me the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So um, the soul of the just man, Father Garrigou says, is like a heaven that is still obscure since the Blessed Trinity is in him, and someday he will see it there unveiled. So, the, as a duty towards this guest, divine guest that we have, first of all, we have to think often of him and tell ourselves that God lives in us, that we consecrate our day, our hour, to the divine persons by saying in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost that we remember that the interior guest is for us the source of light, consolation and strength that we pray to him as Christ suggests, pray to thy Father in secret that is in thy soul and thy Father who seeth in secret will repay thee. That we adore the interior guest, saying, My soul doth magnify the Lord. That we believe in him, that we trust absolutely in him and love him with an increasingly pure, generous and strong love. 
that we love him by imitating him, especially by goodness, according to the words of the, our Savior, be you therefore perfect, as also your heavenly Father is perfect, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. And that's, by the way, the right Orthodox interpretation of that passage that um, is meant to uh, fulfill this um, the indwelling of the Trinity and the union of love between the soul of the just and God himself. So we have, yes, duties. We have to make sure that God is pleased in this temple, holy temple, in this as in my house, divine house, and uh, of course we have to avoid sin, um, especially mortal sin at all costs. We have to preserve our souls from all stains and uh, impurities, so that the, that God, the divine guest, remains in our souls, and He can act, and He can operate, and be the life of our souls until that transformation um, is complete. Thank you, Far. I think this is a good uh, place to conclude our show, uh, seeing that we arrived at the end of the chapter. Uh, Far, I thank you for having joined us today. Thank you. And uh, I hope that our listeners have enjoyed uh, the show. The next episode, uh, chapter four, the infused virtues. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Father, once again, and hope to see you next time. If you have any questions for Father Disposito or feedback on this episode, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at catholicspirituality at treerestoration.org, and we will pass along your questions and comments to Father Disposito. We would also take this moment to remind you that all correspondence with us is strictly confidential. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who help make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a mass, a rosary or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. For the restoration, I am Matthew Arthur. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.